a podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial journey, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs from all around the globe seeking to grow better, more profitable, location-independent businesses. If you'd like to learn more about what we do and download our entire back catalog, check out tropicalmba.com. Yeah, buddy, happy Thursday morning. It's the Tropical NBA podcast. Hey, boss man's he's out of the house. He's on vacation. So it's like the parents are away, and we are going to have a house party. Today, we are going to talk about travel. And I've invited my friend Eric from the Abroaders.com podcast to talk about something that I'm fascinated by and infuriated by, which is mileage, points redemptions, how to fly business class as often as possible, something I think most of us are interested in, how to get lounge access. But also, I want you to hear a little bit of inside baseball here. We're here to talk about productized services as well. I met Eric a couple times, and you know he has a web development agency. In the DC crowd, he sort of became famous as like, he's like the guy who knows all about how to get great airline tickets, how to fly business class, how to hack all this stuff. Gradually, just sort of got this reputation and he started occasionally helping people book tickets and sort of turn it into a business. And, and now it's a really great site, a broaders.com resource. So we're going to talk a little bit about how that business is progressing. And I'm sure he'd appreciate any input you have if you want to become his client or maybe what it would take for him to do in order for you to become his client. And the business is still in very early stages. So I think it's kind of an interesting time to see what's going to happen here, see if this thing can take off. We talk a lot about productized services on the podcast so i like to try to catch these things as they happen on the ground so we can all sort of watch it in real time anyway eric was incredibly generous with information and he knows a lot of this stuff if you have any questions for him all the show notes links resources for this one's at tropicalmba.com slash mileage let's just jump right into that conversation Let's just start in them with why this whole thing exists. I'm so confused by this these points, but they're so incredibly powerful. So what's the situation here? Airlines started out offering points as a loyalty incentive, right? So originally you could get points from flying. You would book a ticket and it was like the, the punch card you get at the coffee shop where you fly a certain number of flights and you're going to get a free flight from the airline. And what happened is the banks saw an opportunity there. They have a, an amazing lifetime value of customer. So when they acquire you... And by that, you mean a bank giving out like a credit card, like Chase credit card. So Chase right, so, is the one that really benefits from having customers stick around. Exactly. Yep. So the banks are the same thing as, as credit card issuers for these purposes. They want to acquire new customers who are going to spend money on their credit cards. That was their goal is to, to bring on new customers who are going to use that card over over and over over the course of their life. And it's, you know, it's a good deal for them because they're getting a piece of all the money that you spend with merchants and they're getting to finance consumer debt for the people that make mistakes and, and don't pay their balance in full. And so the banks want to acquire as many of those new customers as possible because over hundreds of millions of consumers, they're going to win. They've got the numbers crunched. They're going to do great over the long run. And so they started to buy miles in bulk from the airlines at a discounted price to use them as incentives or sign-up bonuses to attract new customers. So Chase's offer to you is, 
I'm going to give you 50,000 United points if you sign up for this card. And generally, there's a few strings attached, like you have to spend $2,000 in three or six months. They want to know that you're actually going to use the card. But after that, they're willing to transfer that kind of cash equivalent payment of airline points to sign up for the card. So what the airlines are hoping is that people aren't going to go out and force and immediately redeem all these, these miles. They're counting on some kind of complexity or lack of compliance. Absolutely. And they, they maintain, they ensure that control, right? So the, the terms and conditions of every frequent flyer program say that they can change the prices without notice. They can change the rules, you know, so the, the rules that govern which seats you can book and where you can go and what airlines you can fly. There's all kinds of different components that they can change and make it harder for you to redeem your miles. And as it is right now, most of them are immensely complex, so it's hard to get the most value from your miles. And then the last point is they expire them. So they can write them off their books completely after a certain period of time. And if you're not paying attention, your miles can just disappear. They don't have to worry about it. I was just talking to my friend, DC or Matt Gilgada, and I was like, hey, I'm going to jump on the phone with Eric. We're going to talk about all this mile stuff. And we were just both lamenting, man, this stuff is so complex, you know, like... I don't even bother. I don't even bother. And you just said the whole game is rigged. They're they're canceling these things or they're changing the terms on you. Why do you think this stuff's even worth it in the first place? The complexity is the opportunity. The reason it exists is because most people don't maximize. And the threshold for getting really, really good value is not actually that high. If you take sort of an 80-20 approach and you simplify what you're focusing on, it is possible to get huge value from those points. Let's talk about Lazy Dan. Lazy Mm -hmm. Dan gets a free 20-minute consulting session from you. How does Lazy Dan get on business class more often in 2014 by doing as little as possible? So the first thing is that the sign-up bonuses are are the 80-20 for travel hacking. So if I talk to Lazy Dan, I'd find out where Dan wants to travel. I'd recommend that he signs up for a couple of cards. For example, there's a card from Citi that gives you 50,000 points on American. And so if you take that card, you can redeem that for a one-way in business class to Asia or to South America or probably to Europe. It might be a little bit more to get to Europe. But you're roughly with one credit card sign-up with 10 minutes spent applying for a card, you know, just an online application, you're acquiring enough points for a $3,000 business class ticket. All right, so Lazy Dan signs up for the city card. He's pretty pumped because he's flying home to visit mom in business class for 10 minutes of work. But what if I don't like American? What if I want to fly Cathay Pacific? Or what if American doesn't have an itinerary for me? Am I just screwed? Do I got to sit on those points until they change the terms? Or or what's the story there? It's a kind of a can of worms that's a lot to to go over. But It comes down to the airline alliances. So when you earn miles with American, the frequent flyer program is the hub of the rules. So if your miles are American miles, American Airlines sets the rules for how you can use those miles. But you have the ability to redeem to fly on planes owned by a whole bunch of different airlines. And that's where the airline alliances come in. So that's probably the biggest leverage point you have to get more value out of your miles is almost every airline has a bunch of partners. So American is partnered with Cathay Pacific, with British Airways, with US Airways, 
and LAN in South America. So they've got a whole network of partners. And so you could use your American points to fly on a Cathay Pacific plane. That's where all the real opportunity with the miles comes in. This is the absolute opaqueness of this. Why would they do that? First off, I guess, are the LAN guys angry when you walk down there with American points or are they just switching dollars and no one cares? I mean, why are they, why are they bothering to do this? Is it so that people actually are staying within their ecosystem? It's a great question, man. There's actually a lot of drama in this with the airlines because they sort of box each other out where possible. And this is part of what makes redeeming hard. American wants you to use their flights. That you have American miles. They want you to fly on an American plane because for them, their fixed costs are really high, right? Once American decides to operate a flight, it doesn't really matter. If the flight's not sold out, if there's empty seats, they're paying a minimal, minimal unsubstantial cost to add you and your luggage to the flight. They're still paying for all the fuel, all the other costs to have the flight operate. And so what the frequent flyer miles do is they, they take up that distress inventory. They fill up those seats and offload the liability of the miles. So if you fly American, American's really happy because they just filled an empty seat on a flight that was going to go out anyways, and now you have less miles. But if you redeem on Cathay Pacific, they have to pay Cathay Pacific for that flight. There's some of the difficulty in redeeming is that the airlines try and sort of block each other. So, for example, American's website doesn't search for Cathay Pacific flights. You have to call and you have to know that Cathay Pacific is a partner because they probably won't offer that to you when you make that call. So that's that's where the difficulty and that's where sometimes that helps to have somebody help you out with redeeming your miles. We were going to talk about the next road. Lazy Dan is pumped because he not only got a free business class flight, but he also pissed off American Airlines by calling Cathay behind their back. Okay, so what's the next, right. you, I'm very happy. What's the next thing I'm gonna do? So the first thing is Dan's process for this. Dan wants a long-term sustainable approach to, to doing this. So he doesn't wanna just fly business once to see his mom. He wants to acquire points in a way that he can fly home whenever he wants or fly back to Asia or wherever he's going in business class or first class. And so the first thing that he needs to do from an earning perspective is set up and do two to four rounds of credit card applications a year to try and build up a, a stockpile of miles. And there's a couple of key things to keep in mind. So credit card, the offers that Chase or American Express or the banks are giving change a lot. And so the most important thing for Dan is to find the best current offers available. So sometimes Amex on their website's offering 30,000, but if you have the right link, you can actually get 50 or 60,000 points. So step one for Dan is to maximize the points he gets for each signup. And what's so the Dan's easiest way to determine what these cards are? Because now we're getting complex. That can be a challenge. That's something where you're, you're going to want to ask an expert or you're going to want to follow some blogs that report on what the current offers are. There's a few websites. Our website also has a list of the best card offers at any time. So you can always check and just see what the highest offers are and get the right link so you're not missing out on ten or 20,000 points. And if people weren't to go to a broader's, what are the other top blogs? The points guy... The simple, the really easy one is go to boarding area or just Google boarding area. It's a hub for like 30 or 40 frequent flyer blogs. Okay. And so everybody that's anybody is on boarding area. And all the links to this episode will be at tropicalmba.com slash mileage. Okay, so I'm signing up for two to four credit card churns a year. I could maybe even have my VA do this for me, right? So that's not so crazy, right? No, you know, they just need your social security or business ID number and your income. I mean, yeah, anybody could can fill out a credit card application for you. No, not only am I 
signing up for two to three credit cards a year, but I'm using these things regularly. So, you know, Ian and I, for example, we pay for a lot of our inventory on credit cards. Do I need to get fancy with the way that we're doing that? Or do I just keep charging on my American Express? You probably want to pay a little bit of attention to where you're accumulating points. And one of the most important things you can do as you're collecting miles is to diversify. So if you and Ian have all of your points in Amex, you may want to transfer some of those regular expenses over to a different type of points. So Chase has their own points as well. So you maybe want to try and evenly accumulate Amex and Chase points and a few other types of currencies so that you've got more options. Because Amex can be really good for certain things and maybe more difficult for other destinations or other types of travel. Well, yeah, give me specifics though. So a lot of listeners have the Amex Platinum card. A lot of people have the Chase card. So if I'm lazy, Dan, which I am, and I'm just accumulating hundreds of thousands of points in Amex, where's my liability going to be? Let's talk about the, the types of currency. So Amex membership rewards is a transferable currency. It's one of the most valuable ones out there because they have 17 transfer partners, a few hotels and a bunch of airlines. So with your Amex points, you've got that set of 17 different partners. And the rules that determine where you can fly and how much it costs in miles are determined by each of those individual airlines. So Amex insulates you in the sense that if one program makes massive changes and raises all their prices, you've still got flexible points that you can move to a different partner. And by having points with Amex and then having points with Chase, you have expanded your, your range of opportunities, your number of different transfer partners that you can have. So a specific example is United has really good rules for stopping in Europe on the way to Asia. So if you're coming from the U.S. and you want to take a stop in Europe for three weeks and you know meet some people, do some business, do some traveling, and then continue on to Asia, your United miles are going to be much, much easier to use to get that type of trip. If you want to fly to South America, on the other hand, you should probably have American miles or U.S. Airways miles that are easier because they have more airlines that are serving that region. I guess this is the part that there's a lot of opacity here for me or things that I find complex, but I guess the actual accumulating of miles, you know, okay, you could diversify or not, but it's the redemption part that seems really complex to me. Is there a way to simplify how to redeem these things for the audience? Because you're going to have a lot of these guys with these big points counts that they just don't know how to use them really effectively. Mm -hmm. And it is kind of a bitch, right? So like, what's the mindset there? One thing is that to really maximize your points, it takes a little bit of experience. And if you have a bunch of points, the good thing is if you do a good job on the earning side and, and you do a few rounds of applications a year and you acquire a lot of points, it's not such a big deal to potentially pay more for the simplicity of getting the trip that you want booked. You're going to want to look for a couple of different items. You want to find out the price to get from point A to point B. And so for most business class tickets, you're looking at around fifty to 70,000 for a one-way and you know, 100 to 120,000 points for a round trip. And you're not finding uh, th this information on like Skyscanner, right? You got to go direct to the airline and look at their awards programs. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the key. So the program is the hub of all the information. So if you have American miles, all of the rules are on the American website. So, and that's just an example, but whatever currency you have, you need to use them as the resource to determine what the prices are gonna be and what the fees and rules regarding your ticket. So one thing you gotta understand about using miles for travel is that you're looking at a subset of the available seats. They don't offer all of the seats in most cases that are available to purchase with money 
to redeem your miles. The airline's goal is to make it possible to fill up those seats they're not going to sell anyways. And that's especially important in business and first class because if you're using miles to book that business or first class ticket and you're only paying $100 cash in, in taxes and fees, they're missing out. If there was a guy that wanted to buy that ticket, they're missing out on four grand in revenue or five grand or 10 grand. So those first class seats, it's really important for the airlines from a profitability perspective to get that right. And so they restrict the number of seats that are available. So that's your first challenge is just because you could buy a ticket for eight grand to fly first class on Cathay Pacific doesn't mean you can use your miles to get that same seat. They're now, trying to find those flights that have empty seats that they want to fill. Now, let's say I've got Amex points that transfer to American, but I know that American is partnered with X airline in South America. Would I then go to that airline's website and look at their awards itineraries? If you have American miles, you have to look at American's rules. So you don't need to use their partner's website at all. So if you're looking at TAM, that's a, a good example. It's Brazil's national airline and their partners with American. If you have American miles, even if you want to fly on a TAM plane, you still are going to follow American's booking rules and you're going to use their award chart. So in other words, their award chart is the menu of prices. Let me give a more specific example of that kind of booking, right? If you're going to fly business class from New York to Brazil, you're going to redeem probably around 50,000 points on American to fly one way. Now, you can fly on an American plane or you could fly on TAM or any one of their partners that, that serves that route. And there's a couple of other things besides the price that are going to come into play. One of them is that airlines charge on top of the ticket. So miles, most people think of them as sort of a free ticket, but it's not entirely true. You do have to pay the taxes and fuel fees on top of it. So you're probably going to redeem 50,000 miles and pay 50 to 100 bucks in taxes for that first class or business class flight. That's a great deal. But some of the airlines charge really high fuel surcharges, like $1,000 instead of 100 or 50. And so that's one of the things that you really want to pay attention to is which airlines have those, those huge fuel fees so that you don't end up with your miles and redeeming them in a way that you're still paying you know, $900 or $1,000 for your flight. How do you determine that? So now Lazy Dan's not happy. Now Lazy Dan's not happy. Lazy Dan would do really well to get some help making the booking. You know, it's easy if Dan's done this trip five times, he, you know, goes back and forth for business. He's going to learn the ins and outs really quickly of what are the good deals and what kind of points can get him where he wants to go with, with minimal hassle. So there is an 80-20 to this in the sense that once you, you start using a certain currency, you're going to get familiar with the rules and what you're going to encounter. But there is no simple answer really to fuel surcharges. The one very easy rule of thumb is South America doesn't have fuel surcharges and neither does travel within North America. Let's talk about awards wallet. It's something that you use with all of your clients. I'm curious as to why you think this is such a great tool for frequent travelers. So award wallet basically aggregates your balances across a, a bunch of different programs. And I think one of the things that's hard for people that are getting started is to keep track of, of how many miles they have. If you apply for a round of four credit cards and you earn, you know, say 250,000 points, it's really important that you can keep track of where those balances are and how many points you have with each airline. And so Award Wallet is like a dashboard where you can see your portfolio. If you think about like your online trading, your stock brokerage accounts, you can see how much money you have in each stock and how much you have in each account. That's the way Award Wallet works for loyalty programs. And so it's a, a one-stop place that you can see the big picture of, of all the, the currencies that you've accumulated. You've worked with a bunch of clients over the last year, lots of DCers. I'm curious just to take a step back for a second outside of all this crazy industry talk. 
what are like the just dumbo things that us entrepreneurs are doing that you just look at us and you're just like, oh my gosh, just if they only did this. Well, so the first thing, and this is one of the ones that the airlines and the banks that issue these points count on a lot, is people redeem their points for cash equivalent. So one of the easy way outs, they take all the trouble out of redeeming for you by giving you horrible value for your points. And so they say you can get one cent per point if you just redeem it as cash and buy the ticket. So if your ticket's three grand, they're going to charge you 300,000 points. And so tons of people do that because it's stupidly simple. You don't have to think, you don't have to do anything. That's one of the biggest ones. The second one is that you want to be putting your spending, your regular spending that you're making for your business or your personal expenses on a card that earns points. The more that you can acquire, it builds up a lot over time. And especially if you have a big business where you've got payroll, you've got services that you're purchasing, you want to be acquiring those points. That's that's the bare minimum. And if you can, you should be trying to accumulate different types of points. So you don't want to have all of your eggs in one basket because it can make it really hard if it turns out that the type of points that you have has really high fuel surcharges or maybe they're just not allowing people to book first in business class tickets. There's some some point currencies that go through droughts where you can only book an economy because people are actually buying all those business and first class tickets. And so if you've just got all of your eggs in one basket, it makes it really hard to sometimes get an award ticket, maybe when you don't have as much flexibility for when you travel. I have a small handful of corporate friends who travel a lot and they say, hey man, you gotta get status. You should get status. Can you tell me about what this means? Should I be focused on becoming a gold Lufthansa person? And how does this translate into getting into lounges? We all wanna get into more lounges. So do you have any hacks for us on this one? Yeah, so status is really interesting. First of all, let's start with a lounge question because you don't need status to get into lounges. A bunch of the rewards credit cards that you can also earn points with and pad your balances to, to be able to redeem for travel also give you access to lounges. So the American Express Platinum card is one of the examples where you can get into a bunch of lounges. There's a card offered by United. There's a card offered by American. All those give you lounge access for just holding the card. All you got to do is show up and, and you get into the lounge. The more complicated question is about status. And the way that you earn status is by flying. In general, you have to make a certain number of paid trips. So when you redeem your miles, you're not earning towards status. And in a lot of cases, it's sort of an either or. You need to make quite a bit of paid travel to be able to acquire status. And the benefits of that are if you travel a lot domestically, you're going to often get free upgrades. So, you know, if you buy an economy ticket and there's room in coach, if there's an empty seat, they'll move you up to the front of the plane. But most airlines do that only for domestic flights. And the real benefit of status only happens if you're flying a lot and paying for those tickets. So if you've got points, you're probably in pretty good shape to just redeem those points and fly first class or business class. So I'm curious about the wise tale advice, like be friendly at the checking counter and wear nice clothes and the mythical upgrade to business class will happen. Is there any truth? Does anybody ever get upgraded to business class anymore? Like, is there anything that you can do when you're checking in because you got a couple miles somewhere? What is your feeling on that? I don't think that there's a very good opportunity to do that in most situations. I think that it's certainly possible to, you know, have somebody at the check-in counter really like you and, and upgrade you into first class, but I don't think it happens very much. And I think airlines have gotten much better at controlling those sorts of giveaways because that can be expensive for the airline. And because systems now are developed, you know, when you check in, a lot of times it'll ask you if you want to pay for an economy plus seat or if you want to pay for some extra legroom or to upgrade to the next class of service. And so where they used to maybe 
give those away or, or offer those if you happen to fly with them a lot. They take a look at it and say, okay, let's give this guy a treat today. Now they're finding ways to monetize those upgrades. And so it's, I think it's happening a lot less. Your best bet if you want to fly up front or visit the lounges to book the ticket, either pay for business or first class or use those miles to get it for a fraction of the cost of what you pay for the, the ticket itself. Before we get off the episode, a lot of the listeners probably already know that you're the guy that books my tickets for me. I think I've mentioned that on this show. And I'm just curious like, as to just give us a pitch, man. What do you do for your clients? And how's the business working out? Because this is a productized service, which is something that is interesting to our listeners because I think productized services are a great way to get started fast. You got started fast with the broaders. Can you just kind of give us the background of like how this business came about for you and what's happening in terms from the business side? Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, that productized service episode was a huge help to us as we were sort of building this. There were a couple of different episodes that, that made a big impact on kind of our thinking about how to design and, and build out this service. So essentially, we help people earn and redeem frequent flyer miles. So the goal is to, to simplify the entire process to help you travel more and book into that first in business class by helping you manage all of the different steps of the process. So basically, we ask you where you want to travel, when you want to travel, and we help you acquire the miles that are going to make it really easy to get there. And then we book those tickets to put you in first or business class or economy if you want to do that. The business, it was really obvious that there was an opportunity to help people with this because there was already a few different booking services out there. People want to avoid that headache, right? They don't want to learn all the rules. They don't want to worry about you know whether they have the right type of miles. And so there was kind of an established market where there were services helping to solve small pieces that you need to be able to be effective with your miles. But there was a huge gap in that nobody was helping people earn the miles or helping people optimize their regular spending to make sure that they were in a good position to redeem. And so if you had a bunch of miles, that's great. Somebody can definitely take some of the work out of it and help book you those tickets. But we saw so many people making mistakes like we talked about earlier where they were not maximizing their opportunities to get new miles or they were spending them on toasters and coffee makers and, and just not seeing that opportunity to get twenty or thirty thousand dollars in free travel per year with miles that we decided that it was absolutely necessary to get into this and, and start helping people take advantage of the opportunity. You mentioned that you saved what, twenty grand last year, ten grand? I think it was about 25000 in 2013. I'm on pace for that this year as well. How much does an entrepreneur need to be spending on their awards credit card every month in order to have a result like that? That's the most important thing that you can take away is you don't have to have a ton of spending to acquire that many miles. It helps if you have a bunch of spending. It makes things easier. But because of the way the sign-up bonuses are structured, you maybe need to spend two or $3,000 a month to earn a half a million miles in a year if you apply for the right cards because that's the huge win, right? If you sign up for a card, they're going to give you 50 or 100,000 points. Why don't you start a productized service where you take my business ID number, sign up for all these cards for me, set it all up in a word wallet, and then you churn them. Because when you tell me all this stuff, I'm thinking, geez, I'm really going to sit there on the internet and sign up for all these cards? 
there's a little bit of liability involved in signing up for a card. You have to sign up for your own credit card because the application is a contractual agreement with the bank for their card. So the, the person that wants the credit card should be the one that signs up or their their direct employee. So I, you know, I don't think there's a problem with asking your VA to, to fill out the application, but you need to approve of, of what the terms of that card are. And it's really important you know, that you do read that because your credit is important. It's an asset, not just for earning miles, but for getting loans. And so you want to take care of that. The way that our service works, we, we make it as simple as possible to earn those miles. So we give you a list. We say, here's the four links, and you're going to spend 10 to 30 minutes three times a year to earn the miles. You just go through, you fill out the application, or you have your, your VA do it. And when you get those cards, we're going to send you a reminder that says, okay, on this card, you got to spend $2,000 in three months. And as soon as you're done with that, you can put the card in a drawer and you can spend on whichever credit card is most convenient from you. Because once you spend that two grand, you're going to get the 100,000 point bonus. And then you've got enough points for a round trip business class ticket. So it's a service that pays for itself. Absolutely. <laughs> That's brilliant. Come join us. We will help you apply for the cards that are going to get you the travel you want. So it basically works. We're going to start out with either a survey or a phone interview and ask you where you want to travel and when you want to go. And we'll help you get the miles that make it easiest to get to those destinations. So you say, I want to travel to Europe. I want to travel to D.C. BKK this October. And we help you acquire. We say, okay, you're going to sign up for these three cards. And we're going to send you a reminder to make sure that you put the amount of spending you need. And we're going to get you all your point balances on a ward wallet so we can take a look at the points you have and we can redeem for each flight. So basically, every time you're thinking about traveling, you just send us an email. And you say, I'd like to go to Europe in two months. And we say, okay, we can get you business class on British Airways or we can get you first class on Cathay Pacific. All you do is give us an okay if the itinerary looks good. You know, we say you got a, a stop over here and you're going to arrive at 8 a.m. And you say that looks good. So we book it. And what's your pricing look like now? Right now, if you want to fly in business or first class, the price is $4.97 for six months. And if you're just looking at economy, just want to travel as much as possible, it's $2.97 for six months. And that comes with two award bookings, so two round-trip flights to anywhere you want to go, and two personalized churns of credit cards, so sets of recommendations that are going to help you earn as many miles as possible. Very cool. So how many paying clients you got right now? Right now, we have 10 people that are part of the full service where we're helping them earn and redeem points. And we've got another 10 to 15 folks that just ask us to book award tickets for them. That's me right now. But, uh, That's you. We'll see. That's you. We're going to get you on the full service, though. It's, it's definitely worth earning those extra miles. Well, Eric, I'm sure you'll be in the comments if people have any specific questions about how they can get this stuff done on their own. It's uh, tropicalmba.com slash mileage. And I hope you'll swing back in a couple months to let us know what you've learned about running a productized service business. Most definitely. Thanks for having me, man. I look forward to seeing you in D.C. Thank you for listening. Again, this one's tropicalmba.com slash mileage. Let Eric know if you've got any questions for him. If you've got any tips for me, Lazy Dan, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. We will be back, as is per the usual, next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tropical MBA podcast. You can go to tropicalmba.com, get access to hundreds of back episodes and all kinds of other goodies. Load up your iPod. That is the cheapest way to fly business class on your next international flight. We will see you next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. 